praise God. I'm grateful to be with you guys this week. I'm grateful for what God has been doing uh, in this family, both at Rise Up and in the lives of your guys' families. Uh, it's been so great to, to continue to walk through this summer together as different as a summer it may have been with COVID and just everything going on in our country and in our world right now. I'm grateful to say and to know that um, I've been able to walk through this season with you guys. Um, I can say that I would I would not want to walk through the season with anyone else but you guys. Um, and so I'm grateful for uh, the relationships that we have at Rise Up. I'm grateful for what God is doing in your life. And um, again, as, as different as this season may be and as much uh, unexpected turns as this season may have, um, I am comforted tonight and I want to lean into just the faith that we can have and the assurance that you can have um, that this has not been an unexpected season for God. That God knew hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, this would be happening in 2020. And so I believe that he placed you where you are specifically in your life um, for a purpose and for a reason. And I think that you are exactly where you are um, because God needs you to be there in this season. And so I know a lot of us are going through this season and it feels um, very disruptive. It feels like this happened at the worst time. If there could ever be an okay time, this isn't it. Um, you might be just beginning out of school, or you might be starting a new job, or you might be starting a new relationship, or you might be trying to finish up school. I think for all of us, we can agree in some shape or form, this has been a disruptive season. And I say a disruptive season mostly in the sense that this has been a disruptive season based on what we wanted to happen in our lives. But praise God, I'm, I'm encouraged and I'm speaking this out over me and over you guys that this is not a disruptive season for God, that this is exactly um, where you're supposed to be. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And even though it might not be where I expected I was going to be, that I'm supposed to learn things and you're supposed to learn things and grow in different ways in this season. Um, and I want us to be open to what God is doing in this season, even if it might be difficult. Um, and we've been going through a series in this season that was so much more applicable than what I ever thought it was going to be, uh, but God is gracious in that. We've been going through this season called Unshaken, um, and this series has been a really great series. We've been looking at Psalm 91 and Psalm 23, these two psalms that were written. Psalm 23, what we've been going through, is written by David. A lot of scholars say that David uh, most likely wrote this psalm near the end of his life, near the latter years. Um, so he'd been through the seasons of his life of being a shepherd, being anointed by Samuel, getting into the palace, going through his seasons with Saul and becoming king. And now David is looking back over his life and he's using this amazing illustration of, um, praise God, the Holy Spirit is walking him back in the perspective of him being a sheep and looking at how God is our shepherd. And so in this season of disruption, maybe in your life, I'm praying that this would be an encouraging reminder to you, praise God, that I could speak into your heart, pass your mind and speak into our heart a comfort that only God can bring, a comfort in the fact that God is a shepherd. Praise God, that God is guiding us, that God is walking before us and behind us and all around us, and that God is directing 
your and my steps. And so I want to read Psalm 23, and then we're going to just dive into uh, this verse today, talk about it a little bit. So Psalm 23, verse 1, uh, David, he wrote this. He said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Well, praise God. So this this message, this this story in Psalm, we've been going through verse by verse. We've been walking through each verse. We've been leaning into what David is experiencing, what he's writing about as being a sheep and God being his shepherd. Um, And last week, we really focused on verse 5. And verse 5 was this amazing verse where David says that you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And this is a powerful verse. It's a very well-known verse. But if I'm being honest, and what we talked about last week is that this verse is written in such a way that I don't know about you, but me, I would rather have David written this verse to say that God prepares a table for you in his presence, right? Where there are no enemies around, there are no distractions, there are no difficulties, there are no battles that we need to face. But As believers and as followers of Jesus, God speaks to us throughout Scripture that by saying yes to Him, we're saying no to the world. Right? By saying yes to Jesus, I'm called to what Jesus said, give up my life, to pick up my own cross and to follow Him. He says that if I try to cling to this life, then I'm going to lose it. But if I let go of this life, if I die to my natural life, right, in terms of if I die to my own desires and what's best for Chris, then I'm going to actually gain my life, gain an, an, an eternal life with Jesus. And so this is a, a, a powerful scripture, a powerful verse that, I, that we leaned into last week. And I just thought it was so encouraging that David said that I, I prepare a table for you in the presence of my enemies, right? That means no matter what season I'm in, no matter what trials or temptations that I might be going through, no matter what parts of my flesh I may be fighting against, that God prepares a table for me. Right? And, and, and when we look at this verse and we look at this scripture, we really have to look at it from a lens of the context in which the first readers would be reading it, right? So the first century Jews that would be reading this psalm that David wrote, that one of the main roles of the shepherd, right? When David wrote that I prepare a table before you, praise God, there's this, there's this role of a shepherd that what the shepherd would do is the shepherd, one of his roles was he would actually go before, he would go in front of the sheep, right, as he was leading the sheep to a well or to a specific pasture that he knew of, that he would actually go before the sheep and he would prepare the pasture, he would prepare the well, right, the table was this place of sustenance and of provision. And part of the role of the shepherd is that he would go before the sheep and he would prepare that place of provision 
for the sheep, right? And sometimes what that would entail is the shepherd would need to go and he would need to, to scope out the terrain in front of the sheep, right? Because sheep are not the most agile creatures, right? They're not the smartest creatures, but they're also not the most agile. And so the, the shepherd would need to go before them and he would need to be looking at the terrain and say, okay, where are the places where the sheep could get stuck? Praise God. Where are the places that the sheep could have issues? And I need to clear out the rocks. I need to clear out the weeds. And I need to clear out all these things before the sheep get to that place, right? And I think for, for a lot of us right now in this season of disruption, I think COVID not only has been a season of disruption, but COVID has also been a season of waiting for a lot of us. Or a lot of us thought we were about to start that next step or that next season of our lives. And now it seems like we're almost in this like holding our breath season because COVID has disrupted your job or it's disrupted your relationships or it's disrupted all of these different things. And I think that at times we need to remember that part of God's job as our shepherd is that I believe that God goes before us praise God. And God actually starts to pave the way for us as a shepherd, that as the sheep, we're walking along, but sometimes God needs to go before you and he needs to prepare the, the, the future. He needs to prepare you for what's coming ahead. And sometimes he has to pull away the poisonous weeds, praise God, before you get to him so that you can have safe passage going into that next season, right? And not only that, but the shepherd at times would need to go to the well. And sometimes the well, right, the place where the sheep were going to get their sustenance, get their get their water to continue on the journey, sometimes the well would have weeds growing in it, or sometimes the well would be closed, right? And the, the, the shepherd would need to prepare the well for the sheep. Well, I believe that in this season of my life and in this season in your life, that God is preparing us for the next season. Right? I look at my last season that I was in. I look at the last couple years of my life and I look back and I see situations in my life that were difficult. Situations in my life where I didn't understand why God was allowing specific things to happen. But now what I see, praise God, is I see some of the most difficult things that I've been through in my life. Some of the most difficult situations that I didn't know why a loving God would allow that to happen are some of the very things that have birthed this, this faith inside of me and the very thing that has produced something inside of me, praise God, that can be used for God's glory. Praise God. So a lot of what the shepherd's role is, is the shepherd's role is to go and to clear a path for the sheep to make sure that the path ahead is safe for the sheep. And I believe that God is doing that for some of us today, but it takes faith to say, God, I trust you as the shepherd. But I trust you, God, that God, you're gonna pave the way for me. And so if some of you are looking in the future and saying, man, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, or I don't know how I'm gonna get out on the other side, or I don't know how my family's gonna get through this, or my, 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 my relationship is gonna get through this, I wanna encourage you today that God has gone before you, praise God, and the Bible says he's made the crooked path straight, that he is paving the way for you, right? Just like David said, whether it's through a valley or whether it's through still waters, whatever the circumstances may be, God is with you. God is for you. He is with you. And I believe what David writes in this. And so as we move on for verse five, we go to our last verse in verse six. And in verse six, David, he writes, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord 
forever. Praise God. So now what David does is, again, we got to look at is David is the sheep, right? That we are the sheep in this, in this psalm. And David is writing from the perspective of the sheep with God being the shepherd. Right? And David, what he does, is, and I love this, is he, 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 he seems to personify both goodness and mercy. Right? He says that, God, as you're leading me, he says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I think that there's this an amazing illustration here that David starts to lean into where he says that no matter where I go, goodness and mercy it will follow me. And I think that there's really a part in this that, that we have to really wrestle with because earlier in Psalm 23, David writes that, um, that, that though he may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? And even before that, he says that God leads you besides still waters, right? So we have these two different circumstances that David lays out that whether God is leading him behind or, or beside still waters, that God is with him. Right, So what he's saying now in conclusion with verse 6, he's saying that whether God leads me beside still waters, I know that his goodness and his mercy is following me. Right? For a lot of us, that makes sense, right? right, right. We paint this, this awesome picture in our head of us being led beside still waters and seeing goodness and mercy behind me, just following me and protecting me. Hallelujah, man. I'm, I'm encouraged by that because I see the shepherd in front of me. Right? The shepherd is leading me and goodness and mercy are following behind me and I'm protected by these still waters. But really where the faith comes in is when I can see that even though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, even though there is anxiety or worry or fear or there might be death of a relationship or there might be death of a future, there might be death of a dream that you had, right? some situation that you're wrestling through right now, that even if you don't feel like you're beside still waters, even though you might you might classify yourself with man, Chris, I feel like that I'm more in the shadow of death, that David still says that God is with you. David still says that the shepherd is, le- is leading you and that goodness and mercy is still following you, praise God. It means everywhere that you go, goodness and mercy will follow you, right? When I think about in the natural, there's this really amazing things that happens with sheep, especially back in the biblical days. What, what sheep were used for is not only you know, the shepherd would lead them to a pasture. But what actually happened is that once the sheep would graze in this pasture, all the sheep manure, praise God, all the sheep manure that would be left behind, what would actually happen is that manure over the course of a year, because sheep manure and other animal manure is actually a great fertilizer because it decomposes at a slower rate and it, produ- and it, and it provides these, these nutrients like potassium and nitrogen that, that actually feed the ground and actually produce really great soil. And so one of the amazing things that would actually happen is that wherever the sheep would graze at the next year, come next time of harvest, that those pastures that the sheep would graze at would actually be some of the most fertile pastures because of the manure that the sheep would leave behind. Right? So in other words, that that you could see that for shepherds, some of the greatest pastures were the ones that sheep left all their manure at the year before. Right? Which is which 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 seems really backwards, but but I see the the parallel of a shepherd and sheep saying that goodness and mercy would follow you all the days of your life because for sheep, wherever sheep would go, sheep actually had a name for themselves. They were actually called golden hooves, 
way back in the day that it was actually a golden hoof was a sheep because what they were referenced as is that wherever the sheep would go that that it was a golden hoof because whatever it left behind right whatever fields the sheep would leave that they would actually produce better um, and richer soil wherever they went, right? And I think as as believers, again, David is writing us as the sheep. And, and I think as sheep in the natural, praise God, that as sheep, we are supposed to leave behind a harvest wherever we go, right? I think about sheep, that sheep, what they would do is they would leave behind that manure. And there's so many illustrations I can make with this, but I'm not going to make them. But the sheep would leave behind their manure, and from that manure, praise God, God would bring life. God would bring provision. And I think about that as a follower of Jesus in my relationships, wherever I'm spending time and whatever relationships I'm spending time with, whatever people God has actually brought into proximity with me, the question has got to be, what am I leaving behind? Right? Think about the closest relationships in your life. Right? Think about the closest people in your life. What type of effect am I leaving behind? Am I leaving behind life or am I leaving behind death? Right? So when I think about my wife, I think about the person that I'm the closest with. Am I building her up or am I tearing her down? And sometimes it's really easy or it's really abstract to look at that from a very high level, but to look at that from a very discreet day-by-day levels, I have to ask myself as a husband and as a friend, am I building up my wife every single day or am I tearing her down? Am I so focused on trying to win arguments in my relationships and I'm so focused on being right? right? Because a lot of times we're so focused on being right. A lot of times at work, I've noticed this, or in relationships, we're so focused on being right that we need to be right simply because because we're trying to do that to build up our self-esteem, right? But the problem for a lot of us, and I've been taught this, and I think it's so true, is that you can win an argument and you can be right and you can prove to others that you're right and that you're smarter than them, and yet what you actually do is you leave that person torn down. You leave them more insecure than where you found them. So what I started to learn is that I can win arguments, but I can yet continue to hurt myself because I'm tearing down the people that I love. But what I see is that God, just like sheep on the natural, God will take manure, God will take waste, right? Stuff that we think nowadays isn't really used for anything productive, and God would bring harvest out of the manure, right? And I think in the same way that God has taken seasons and things in my life that I would consider wasteful, right? Things that that I made wrong decisions on, things that I messed up simply because of my humanness. And God will take my humanness, praise God, and this is the mercy of God. This is the goodness of God that I want to speak into some people right now, that God will take the parts of you that you think are wasteful. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God will take the parts of you that you don't like about yourself. God will take the parts of you that if you could go back and you could say, oh God, I wish I wasn't like this, or I wish I didn't do this, or I wish I didn't wrestle with this. God will take the things that we wrestle with. And Isaiah 61, three says that God will bring beauty from ashes. God will take dead situations. God will take waste praise God, and he will bring it into a harvest. So there are things in my life that I know right now that I struggle with, decisions that I make on a daily basis that are not the correct decisions, but by the mercy and the goodness of God, that if I continue to walk with the shepherd, right, that doesn't mean that I need to be perfect, but if you just don't give up on God, he will not give up on you. Praise God. I think about one of the translations in Psalm 23, verse 6, instead of saying that his goodness and mercy will follow me, it says his goodness and mercy will pursue me. Right? Think about pursue, right? Think about what that word means, right? That word pursue, it means running after. It means chasing after. It, makes, it means making an effort to catch up, 
right? And I think about that no matter where I wander, no matter how far away I go as the prodigal son, no matter how far away I get distracted, right? For some of us, right, for some of us in this season, our relationship with God just seems like it's distant. It seems like that you just don't feel the closeness of God, that you feel like you're in a dry season. And I've learned in my life that a lot of times, praise God, if I feel distant from God, it's not because he distanced himself from me. It's because I've been either distracted or I've distanced myself from God. But I'm reminded and I'm encouraged today that no matter how far away I drift from God, no matter how far away I walk away from him, his love pursues me. Hallelujah. His love and his mercy and his goodness, it pursues me. His mercy, right? That mercy means unmerited favor and grace. That today, right now in this season, praise God, I need some people to receive that God's mercy is pursuing you. Praise God, that you don't need to deserve it. You don't need to perform for it. That if in this moment right now, you feel like that you've been distant, right? You feel like the prodigal son or the prodigal daughter, and you feel like that you've been working off in a distant country for a long time, and you feel like, man, I just feel like I've walked away from the Lord, right? That I'm still going to church physically, but maybe my heart just isn't really in it anymore. That there is a moment that the Bible says as soon as the prodigal son came to himself and he turned back to the father, the Bible says that as soon as the father saw him, that while the son was still a long ways off, that the father had what? Compassion, mercy, on his son or on his daughter. So I believe that today, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would show someone mercy and compassion today, that even even though somebody may feel like a long way off, that you would receive, right? It doesn't mean that you need to get better. A lot of times that's our problem is we're trying to get better. We're trying to become better people. You're trying to just do self-improvement. But the Bible says that we don't need to be better, that we just need to receive. We need to receive the love of Jesus, receive the the work that Jesus has done for you on the cross, praise God, because the Bible says that his goodness and his mercy, it perceive, hallelujah, it pursues you. So just like the sheep where, where their manure would take waste and it would turn it into a harvest, right? I believe that there are seasons in our lives, praise God, where God will take seeds that we've sown. And maybe you're in a season right now where you're sowing seeds and you don't see any harvest, but the Bible says that His goodness and His mercy, it follows you, right? So what I believe is I believe that I will, I will reap harvests of seeds that I've sown in my past, right? I believe that right now, the intimacy that I have with the Lord is a product of the seeds that, I sow, that I've been sowing over the last couple of years, right? Again, it's not a works, but it's, 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 praise God, it's an intimacy with God, a relationship where I need to, if I want to get close to somebody, I need to spend time with them. So I believe that right now I am sowing seeds that I'm going to produce a harvest for. I don't know if it's going to be tomorrow or I don't know if it's going to be next month or next year, but I believe that as I sow these seeds, that his goodness and mercy are going to follow me, right? That, that whether or not I'm running by still waters or whether or not I'm walking through the valleys of the shadow of death, that God's goodness will be with me. I think about the story of Joseph. Right? We got all these, all these characters in the Bible, all these people. Joseph, I'm thinking of Moses, I'm thinking of all these people, I'm thinking of David, where God's goodness followed them. 
right, that Joseph was in the prison. And the Bible says the author who wrote, praise God, Genesis, Moses, as he's writing this, the Bible says that Joseph, right, that he was in the prison, not because he did anything wrong, but because he did something right, right, that he said no to Potiphar's wife. And the Bible says that he was in prison, and yet the author writes that God's favor was on him, right? That's a valley of the shadow of death right there. Right, that some of us, we could be in prison and, and everything you see around you is negative. Everything you see around you is dying. Everything that you see around you isn't what you thought it was going to be, but yet God's favor is still on you. Right, I believe in this season right now that even if you're feeling anxious, right, even if I wake up and I feel the devil attacking me with anxiety or depression or confusion or doubt or fear, that I can still speak out in faith and say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God is with me. His favor is upon me. Surely his goodness and his mercy will follow me all the days of his life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Right? He uses that word dwell. And we talked about this in, in Psalm 91 even. And I thought about that word dwell today. Because if I'm just being honest with you, as I was, as I was praying today and as I was, I was just waking up and just going on throughout my day, I felt this, this, this unrest. I felt this unrest. And as I read this verse today, I realized that I was not dwelling in the presence of God today, right? Because that word dwell, it actually, uh, the Hebrew word for that word dwell, it's, it's, it's yeshav, right? And yeshav is literally translated to, it's, it's for someone to sit or to ease oneself. Right? So when it says that I will dwell in the house of the Lord, you get this picture of somebody sitting in the house of God or easing themselves or reclining or relaxing in the presence of God. And I think that I have perfected the process of being in the house of God, but not dwelling in the house of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, help me get this a little bit tonight. That some of us, we do not dwell in the house of God. That we're like Martha in our spirit. Right? Think about Mary and Martha, where the Bible says that these two women, that they were with Jesus, and Mary, the younger one, she was sitting at the feet of Jesus, and Martha was running around trying to prepare all of these things. And I've heard a lot of preachers absolutely annihilate Martha, right, by saying, oh my gosh, that we're trying to do so much. But the, but the reality, and this has literally been my prayer, is that I have prayed this, I've said, Lord, give me the determination and the work ethic of Martha, but give me the spirit of Mary. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I said, give me the work ethic. God, 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 give me the effectiveness for the kingdom of God, just like Martha, because Martha was working for Jesus. Again, we're not to, we're not to receive our love or our salvation through our works, but man, I want to be effective for the kingdom. I want to be busy preparing God's kingdom, but yet I want to have the spiritual heart posture of Mary, of knowing that my love or my relationship with God that I need to sit, I need to dwell. And I think some of us, I've perfected, unfortunately, and a lot of it's because I've been socialized by this culture right now, is that I've learned to perform for love. I've learned to perform for my wife. I've learned to perform for my friends. I've learned to perform for school. I've learned to perform for my job. And if, and if we do not understand that we have been conditioned as that, then we are completely vulnerable. Because we wonder and we say, no, you know, I know that God's grace is good. I know that Jesus died for my sins. But yet our hearts and our spirits do not dwell because we are taking what we've learned in the world and we're saying, I need to perform that I can be in the presence of God, but I need to control everything. And so we, we do not allow ourselves to sit 
and to rest. And today I just found myself worried about so many things right, that I had to do. And it's things that I need to do and it's things I need to prepare for. But I was not sitting and dwelling. I was trying to do all of them and I was reaching out and I was grabbing hold of all of them and I was getting anxious and worried. And the Holy Spirit reminded me and said, Chris, you need to dwell. That a lot of times you can be in the house of the Lord but you're not dwelling in the house of the Lord because you're still trying to control everything. It still needs to be in your control. And I've learned that the moments that I feel the most rest and the most peace are the moments where I'm dwelling in the presence of God, where I'm dwelling in the presence, where I'm resting and saying, God, I'm going to work for you, but my spirit needs to dwell. And so my prayer tonight is that some of us would say, man, Pastor Chris, I think that's me. You know, I don't think I've been dwelling in the presence of God. I I, I believe I've been in the presence of God. I've been spending time with Him. But I haven't been dwelling in the house of the Lord. And I'm I'm reminded that that David writes as, as the sheep, he says that all the days of my life, goodness and mercy is going to follow me. So I just want to speak that truth over someone today is that God's goodness and mercy, it's following you into school. It's following you into this next semester. God's goodness and mercy, it's following you into this school year. It's following you into the next job. It's following you into the relationship. It's following you into the next season. It's following you. You may not always see it, but He's with you. That like Joseph, you may not see it around you in your natural circumstances, but his favor is on you. And I pray that we would lean into that. And through that faith, I pray that because we trust God, now we can dwell in the house of the Lord. We can rest and we can let go and say, God, I don't need to perform today. I can just rest. Because David said that surely his goodness and his mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so I'm praying that as we wrap up this series this week, and as we wrap up this this series called Unshaken, that we would know that the Lord is our shepherd, that he is looking out for you, that he is leading you beside still waters, but he's also following you and he's pursuing you with his goodness and with his mercy. So you can look forward and say that I know that my God is before me. Praise God. And then you can look backwards and say, I know that his goodness and mercy, it's following me. I know that his presence is going before me and his presence is coming behind me and his presence is all around me. And surely his goodness and his mercy will follow me throughout all of the days of my life. 